0: Hello and welcome to the Motivation Method podcast with me, Rob Burkhead.
1: And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and the Motivation Masterclass found at trinitytransformation.co.uk.
0: In today's episode, you will learn the answer to another of our most common questions, which is how do I adjust my mindset to that of a thin person? So sit back and relax and welcome to today's Motivation Method podcast. Okay, so this podcast we're talking about how to adjust your mindset to that of a thin person. Ben, like what does that even mean to you? What does the mindset of a thin person even mean? Um
1: it's basically just doing the things and living your life in a way that somebody who is who is thin in air quotes would do. So I would say a thin person doesn't um doesn't do diets all the time. They are not eating or drinking too much. They are usually exercising regularly, although not always. Some people will just stay thin and stay in shape without exercise. Not necessarily stay healthy, but they'll stay like thin. Uh, They sleep well, and they basically just live, they live a lifestyle where they're doing all the things that we all know we should be doing in order to be uh, thin, fit, and healthy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Although, a lot of people, I think, think they need to do diets to be thin, fit, and healthy. So that's the only one I would say may maybe a bit of a, um, a curveball is that they don't do diets in people. And I think this is, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people who are out of shape because this is the only option they've been presented think like this is the only thing I can do. I don't know what you think about that.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the norm for someone to think, you know, I'd like to lose a bit of weight. What do I do? I will go and find a diet which is going to help me lose the weight. Mainly because I think when people look at all of these diets and all the success stories and things that come with them, they see people who did used to be overweight and have become, they have lost the weight, they've transformed their body. And you have all these people saying that the way they did this was they followed this diet to get from A to B.
0: Yeah. So the diet looks like the solution, but most of the time what they're not showing is they're showing the immediate result at the end of the three months or the end of the 28 days or the end of the six months or the end of the year or even maybe two, three years they did with the diet, with the Slimming Club. But they're then not showing what happens afterwards. And in my experience, nine times out of 10, and from speaking to hundreds of thousands, probably thousands, almost certainly thousands of women now via email almost always that weight goes back on again if it's been achieved through a diet, a slimming club or something like that. Like Ben, don't we get so many emails from people like this? Yeah, if I had a pound
1: for the amount of times I heard somebody say, well, there's two phrases. One phrase is, uh, <clears throat> you'll get somebody who says, I started doing X, Y, Z, whatever approach is at Christmas, I, get, I lost two stone, but then I put it all back on again. That's I hear that all the time. Or you hear people who say, for like the last three years, I've gained and lost the same Four stone Again and again My weight's just been up and down And now Well inevitably When they're contacting us Asking us for help They're at the point Where their weight's Gone up again Um And then they're struggling To get that weight off
0: Yeah we hear this so much And like The thing is The people who are thin Are not doing this The people who are thin And stay thin Are not dieting I know that's because they Haven't got overweight Potentially Um But it also means the diet isn't necessarily the solution because whilst you can lose the weight, it's not teaching you to keep it off. So that's what we want to talk about today is how are you going to actually lose it and keep it off? Because if diets don't work for that, how are you going to get there? Because there is a Ben and I were talking about this just before we hit record on this podcast. There is a genetic element to this. And there are some people who've never got into bad habits with eating or with drinking, um, with lack of sleep. And things like that so they've never really got out of shape so we can't just say what is a thin person doing now that's probably not going to be enough because you've actually got to lose the weight if you've got excess weight as well so there's two parts to this you've got to you do want to live the life of the thin air quotes again person once you get there so you need to make it your lifestyle but also there's the actual losing weight portion as well in my opinion anyway
1: yeah I'd say the first trap not just not to get stuck sucked into though is um, making too many excuses about that you're just not supposed to be this, put you're not supposed to be thin. Like your body is not supposed to be that way. Because as Rob said, there is a genetic element to this. We all have different genes. Um, all our bodies work in different ways. For example, my body tends to be terrible at dealing with like getting colds and flus. If there is an illness, I have it every single time no matter how healthy I try and eat no matter how much I try and look after my body it doesn't seem to make any difference I just I get ill a lot um, there's that for me then you have uh, also I, I I don't know there's certain injuries I'm more susceptible to I'm always kind of twisting twisting ankles and all that kind of thing um, I guess that's just just some of the part some of the ways my body works and we're all put together in different ways so some people will find it very like quite easy to lose weight, quite easy to stay kind of lean, to gain muscle. Other people will find it more difficult to lose weight, more difficult to stay lean, more more difficult to get stronger and build muscle. And it all just depends on what kind of hand of cards you're given to start with. But the, the important thing to remember is whatever genetic makeup you've been given, you will have the advantages and disadvantages compared to other people. To so not kind of just give up based on that because the, the um, approach to living a healthy lifestyle and kind of maintaining those results long term is going to be the same regardless of what your your starting point is it just might be a little bit more difficult for some people and it might be a little bit easier for other people
0: yeah if you've got more weight to lose it's typically going to take a bit longer because you can only lose weight so fast in a sustainable way but that's a great point to make that It really doesn't matter where you're starting from you've got a deck of cards you've been dealt it you can't change that um although i was just talking to ben about a a story that i'm trying to write where you could but for most of us in this this world we can't change the genetics we've been given but you can change everything else you can change what you're putting into your body you can change your mindset you can change your habits and we have seen countless times people have actually lost weight and kept it off angela cox who came on the podcast lost eight and a half stone and kept it off for two years and counting now. So it is possible. So don't lose belief. And as Ben said, this is one of the biggest, what we call these stories that people we work with have to deal with is if you believe in your mind that you can't get in shape to the core, then you're really going to struggle because you're constantly going to be telling yourself this isn't really possible. This isn't going to work. And I really get why people do this because they've been led on by so many rubbish diets that meant they've regained all the weight every time that haven't really taught them anything long-term. Then you start to believe it. You start to believe that it's you that's the problem and not the approach that you've been given. The reality in our experience is that it's the approach and it's not the person that's generally the issue. It's the approach, the mindset, and all these kind of things that if you just shifted those, you can still get to where you want to go. So do not lose hope.
1: So what would you say is the first thing that someone would need to kind of shift in order to start making progress towards the results they want to see?
0: Yeah, so to become that thin person and to get there, we're going to be trying to talk about to adjusting your mindset, but ultimately I just want to talk about how to actually become that thin person. You really got to ask you the question, like, So a thin person doesn't do diets, they don't eat or drink too much, they usually exercise regularly, but as Ben said, that's not always the case. Um, They usually sleep quite well and make this their lifestyle. You've got to ask yourself, like, why am I not already doing these things? Why am I not already not eating too much? Well, why why am I eating too much? Why am I dieting? Why am I not getting enough sleep? And why am I not making the changes I know I should be doing my lifestyle so basically you've got to ask yourself those questions like why am i not doing that and ben and i have had a great coach in the past by the name of garrett j white um he's a business and life coach um in america and he always asked this question who do i have to become to get the result that i want so this is a great question actually that someone asked for this podcast which is how do i adjust my mindset to that of a thin person that is exactly what you've got to think it's going to start in the mind and the first thing i would say is actually it probably starts with with knowledge because for a lot of people they've been fed knowledge that's not going to support them they've been fed information that is designed to keep them stuck so diets slimming plans and things like that if you've seen people yo-yo dieting on them it's not usually by accident it's usually because they want to keep you within their system they want to keep you paying them they want to keep you kind of stuck in that loop because you keep coming back and there's the reason why as i've said multiple times before places like weight watches are worth 1.4 billion um, or make 1.4 billion i think it is a year it's not because they actually keep people's weight off because then people would never come back So don't trust diets. This is the first thing I'd say in terms of knowledge, in terms of understanding what to do. If it's led to yo-yo dieting in the past, it's going to always lead to that in the future. So you're going to need to find something that's been proven to get long-term results. So don't believe the testimonials and don't believe the results. I know we put them out there as well. Um, But don't believe the ones that don't have any proof of long-term change, long-term shift. You need to try and find something or someone that's going to help you With a long-term change and that's going to be giving you knowledge that empowers you and that you actually understand what's going on like if you've just been given a cryptic system that says here's some points and um hit your points and magically you'll lose weight as ben has touched on loads of times before if you're not planning on doing that for the rest of your life it's probably not going to work for you because the minute you stop doing it you're going to regain the weight because you don't really understand what's going on or why it's working and the same thing goes for if you're counting sins, unless you're going to count sins for the rest of your life. Um, and even then, if you don't really understand why that's working, the minute you have to break free of that system, you go on holiday, you're have a, you presented with a buffet, um, there's cakes at work, you don't really know how your weight loss is working and how to actually win the game of weight loss every single day, then all that's going to happen is you feel confused, you feel lost, and either you have to not have any of it, or you have it and you gain weight. So in my opinion, you're gonna need to first of all think, who do I need to become to become a thin person? The first thing you need to think is what knowledge do I need to have so that I actually am in control of my food choices and I understand and empowered to actually make the right decisions. And in my opinion, there's no diets out there that are really teaching you this. Ben, is there anything else in the knowledge arena you reckon people need to know? I'd just say if you're trying to identify
1: an approach which doesn't work from an approach which does work, um, there's kind of two types, of, two approaches that you could potentially um, start taking. The first kind of approach is an approach which is designed to help you lose weight. So it's just, as Rob said, it might be counting points, it might be cutting out certain foods, it might be not eating at certain times, it might be only having carbs at certain times, following a strict meal plan, but everything inside of the approach is just designed to help you lose weight. So that's the first kind of category of approaches in category A. And I think in taking those kind of approaches, you're in big danger of, as Rob said, slipping into a cycle of yo-yo dieting because you, you follow an approach which gets you the result, you get the weight loss, but you haven't nothing else has changed. So as he you said, you're going to go back to your old habits. The category B of approaches you can take are approaches which are designed to shift your lifestyle so to transform your lifestyle and to transform who you are as a person into a person who eats the way you want to eat, who exercises the way you want to exercise um, and basically just changes who you are so you can continue with that permanently rather than just changing what you look like which can be something temporary so if you're looking at any kind of program, any kind of plan and everything inside it is just geared towards losing weight, I would probably not I'd probably stay away from it. I'd look for any something which has at least uh, some kind of mindset element, some kind of um, you know, some kind of portion of it which is helping to transform your habits, transform your mindset, transform your lifestyle. And if you're looking at something which doesn't have that, I'll just I'd consider that it's not gonna it's not gonna get you results which are permanent. It's just gonna get you weight loss. You're gonna you might become that transformation picture that you see. But
0: are you going to stay that transformation picture? Probably not in the long term. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all geared towards getting that headline figure, isn't it? It's like that headline figure of whoever, Cathy, lost two stone or the average person. I heard this actually. I was listening to Capital Radio the other day whilst driving around because I've just got a new car. Well, if I say new car, it's 19 years old. And uh, the only audio device it has in it is a radio. Um, I can't link it up to my phone or anything at the moment. So I'm just listening to radio, which I never do. And I was listening to Capital Radio and it has these adverts on it. And I think it was Weight Watchers. There was some sort of advert for some sort of slimming solution anyway. And it said something like average two stone weight loss in the first 90 days or something like that. But as Ben said, if the whole program is geared towards getting that headline figure, that doesn't mean it's actually going to be geared towards that lifestyle change. It doesn't mean that then you're going to regain it. So that's a great point you want to steer away from something that's just aiming for that headline figure that doesn't actually mean you feel confident in what you're doing after that it doesn't actually mean you're going to be able to keep it off and know what to do it just means you'll tick the boxes for them they can put up this average weight loss figure everyone will go oh wow oh wow everyone's lost two stone on that i'm going to do that i'm going to go back to weight watchers because they lose two stone in 90 days but then next year, you're two stone heavy again, or even Christmas time, you're two stone heavy again. And then every year you do the same thing, wasting all this time to just end up in exactly the same place.
1: And another problem I see with these kind of slimming approaches is they're not really looking at your, well, they look at, they look at kind of making you healthier, but in a very, very basic way. So usually they f- they're focused on your um, BMI is it BMR BMI or BMR? I forget which BMI. one.
0: BMI. BMI, sorry, body the, mass yeah, calorie, index. Calorie.
1: That's the one. Basal metabolic oh. rate that one. Yeah. So BMI, so your body mass index. Um, which is just how much like weight you have on your body for your height. According to the BMI scale, I'm one point away from being obese. Um, the way I am now. It just doesn't take into effect like the composition of your body because you could be you can be quite heavy and you can be healthy at heavy weight as long as you're as long as you're lean as long as you you know your body fat is low you haven't got tons of fat around your organs all your organs are working very uh, very efficiently your heart is strong your muscles are strong your metabolism's fast that can be a very healthy person but you could be quite heavy but on these kind of slimming approaches they're not concerned about what kind of weight you're losing. Not concerned about your strength or not necessarily your fitness either. So, a lot of these approaches they don't come with some of them don't even come with a fitness element. So, you could end up losing the two stone, as Rob said. Kathy lost two stone in, in 90 days, but she may have lost a portion of fat from her body. She may have also lost all of her muscle mass. Her metabolism slowed down, and her health and fitness hasn't actually improved. So, where she might look thin on the outside on the inside, the way her body performs, the way she feels every single day, um, her strength levels, her metabolism, they might not actually be that good.
0: Yeah, and even her mindset and self-belief and all of that could suffer as well. Yeah, exactly. So really, as Ben's saying, they're just gonna set you up for, that approach actually is setting you up for that rebound. Like if, if I could set someone up to gain weight what I'd do is I'd have them do a really rapid weight loss diet where they also burn off all their muscle and ruin their metabolism, which is what most of these approaches are pretty much perfect for, which is basically starving you for a short period of time, maybe three months. Um, maybe exercising, but that's not that important, mainly just starving someone. And if you starve someone, your body will go, okay, what don't I really need because I'm starving? Um, okay, well, my muscles, they're they're not essential to live. Like I can bring them down to really small size and I won't die. So I'll just burn all of that uh, as well as the fat because fat is more difficult to get rid of. So it just burns all your muscle as well. And you just end up weak, slow, sluggish, but most of all with such a slow metabolism because more muscle means you burn more energy when you move around that the minute you start eating normally again, your weight skyrockets. Your weight goes up so fast. You might go up six, six pounds in a week You might go up even more than that. And you've probably seen that if you've done these approaches before. Because they just don't, they're caring about the headline figure and not about your actual health. And muscle is a very important thing because that's what makes you feel youthful, firm, and toned, fit, and healthy, and strong. You don't look like a female bodybuilder if you've got muscle as a woman, unless you're taking loads of steroids. Really, what happens is you just look more youthful, more firm, more toned, and perkier in all the right places. And if you burn all of that, then you're just setting yourself up to have a massive rebound. And that's not good, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of a, it's it's a dangerous trap to fall into as well because you have some of these, I don't know, whatever these approaches are, which offer you, these. I some of these swimming groups, they offer like a lifetime membership as well. So like you reach your goal weight, whatever that is. So you get to that point Rob just said, your metabolism's ruined, you've lost all your muscle mass, but you've reached your goal weight. And then you can stay a member forever at that goal weight, but they know they 100% know that when, as soon as you get complacent and you feel like, oh, I've lost the weight on Weight Watchers now, I've I've transformed my body and my life, everything's fine, all my problems are fixed, so now I'm going to go and eat normal normal amount of food again. They know that you're going to then balloon back up again, and you're going to have to come back, and you're going to have to start paying them again to lose the weight with another one of these rapid two stone in 90 day weight loss cycles which yeah. is why they can offer you a, a a lifetime membership. If we offered someone lifetime membership, it would be very very ineffective as a business decision. They'd get to their results that we that we've given them. They would also now be following loads of healthy habits and stuff, exercising regularly, knowing how much food they're eating, being able to eat a normal amount of food but still keep the weight off, and they'd probably then just continue stay like stay in shape forever.
0: And they never have to come back and pay us again. Maybe we need to look at our business model, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, this is the problem. With being ethical in the weight loss industry, it's a lot harder to compete with the unethical people. Sob story. (laughs) Sob story. No one's going to give a shit about this. But it's very hard to compete with the unethical people because they basically, you were being polite there, they fuck people up so badly that Their metabolism is so screwed, their muscle is so low that they know they're going to come back in three months because they have left people in such a sorry state that unless they only eat, I don't know, pigeon food and salad, then they're going to gain three stone again in the next three months and then they're going to be crawling back. So yeah, we could be unethical, but instead we're going to try and help people. And hopefully over time, these diets won't be able to keep offering these ridiculously rapid weight loss solutions that also mean people are just stuck because they keep you stuck don't they they just keep you stuck in this loop of slow your metabolism down but you lose some weight and then when you end you regain it so then what do you do you go well i have to do a diet again but the only way you can lose more weight at that point because they've ruined your metabolism is to starve yourself even more so what do you do you starve yourself even more because you want to look good you want to feel healthy so it's not anyone's problem anyone's fault sorry like we all want to look good. We all want to feel healthy. So their only only response to that can be to do more exercise or starve themselves more. So they starve themselves more. Metabolism gets even more. Ruined muscles burn off even more. And then they're back to their goal weight again. They're feeling good. Start eating normally again. Now the metabolism is so slow. The minute they eat anything, boom, the weight goes on again. So then they have to starve themselves even more until you end up on like one of these 800 calories a day diet, 600 calorie a day diet, something crazy like this, and feeling like there's no hope. And again, people think it's it's them, that they can't possibly lose weight, that they're destined to be fat, but really it's the approaches. So if you're stuck in that trap, we'll try and help you get out of it today because there is a way out. You can recover your metabolism. And uh, let's quickly touch on that actually, Ben. Because I don't want people feeling lost at this point and feeling like there's no way out of that. So Ben, what would you say to someone who's who's done all this yo-yo dieting, what's the best way out of that hole?
1: I was going to say, in some ways, it's kind of, well, I don't know, it's not good that get people get stuck in that situation. But it's convenient for us because we, we've, we've become quite good at being able to help anybody to kind of turn it around. Not everybody needs the same approach and not everybody's going to have to take um, you know, the same path to get to the same result. Some people are gonna take a longer path, some people are gonna take a shorter path. All depends what position you've got yourself into. But there's always a way out and there's always um hope, depending on who you are. So yeah, that's one reason we kind of we kind of assess what people have done before they work with us. So there'll be people who have there's a few categories of people so the first category of person is the person who's not really been following any kind of dieting approach They've been eating a lot of food. They've been eating too many calories um, Which which kind of puts them in a position where their metabolism is probably Not that bad because they've been overeating. They've been eating tons of food So as soon as you then take their food intake down a little bit, then they start seeing results That's the easiest the kind of easiest possible solution. So if your problem is just overeating good news is easy to fix The second category of person is the person who's just been dieting constantly for a period of years. Their metabolism is not very good. They're not eating very much at this point. Um, And there are a couple of approaches you can take with this kind of person. The first one is you you get them eating more food, first of all. Very important for boosting metabolism. Get them doing weight training. And hope that that will help kind of kickstart their metabolism a bit. And then they'll start seeing results. They'll, they'll break out of the whatever plateau they're stuck at and they'll start seeing progress again. And then the, the kind of most difficult situation is when somebody's metabolism is so slow, they've been dieting really, really extremely, and the only way to get them to be able to, you know, get the results they want to see is to spend a portion of time really focused on boosting their metabolism. So actually increasing their calories gradually over a period of, you know, three to even up to like six months. Um, and f- focusing on a lot of weight training, where in that period, they may not see that many results in terms of fat loss. It's all about just recovering their fat, their metabolism, getting them back to that healthy point, and then from there, they can start losing weight again. But it's important to to recognize that not everybody needs the same approach, which is another problem with just following generic kind of diet plans. Most generic diet plans are designed to work for the person who has just been eating too much, which is the simplest possible case so a lot of people go into these kind of approaches having followed loads of diets before and struggled and their metabolism is very slow and it just it simply won't work just because the approach is not designed to work for their individual situation. So i think it's very important that whatever approach you do follow takes into account where you're at who you are what your situation is and what's going to work for you to get you the result that you want to that you want to see but the basics of boosting your metabolism and um seeing results in the mirror which are going to kind of last losing weight in a sustainable way is you've got to lose weight by eating a decent amount of food if you're starving yourself your metabolism is going to plummet if you're eating a normal amount of food your metabolism is going to either stay where it is or it's going to increase if you're also gaining muscle mass so you've got to eat a decent amount of food and start training with weights those two things will make a huge difference if you're not already doing them so that's that is where i would start for
0: anybody yeah, that's the best place to start. And then over time, it will get better, as Ben said. So that's kind of covered the knowledge area in a in a roundabout way. So you need the knowledge in order to actually achieve that result of, of living like a thin person. You need to know what to do, how to do it. So you need some guidance on that, maybe. Um, but there's a lot of information we just gave you there. But another thing that can be a big problem in my experience is and we've done a whole podcast on this, is, is, is either binge eating or self-sabotage, whatever you want to call it. They're they're similar. But as we pointed out before, someone who's thin and stays thin doesn't tend to have these things unless obviously they're, they've got a serious eating disorder but they're being bulimic or something like that so the calories don't actually go inside them. Generally, if you have a binge eating or self-sabotage problem, it will cause you to, to gain weight. And one interesting thing I think about this is we all like to think that we don't have these vices. We all like to think that we're all vice-free. And I was having a conversation with my girlfriend actually today about this and about vices because we were following someone who was smoking and she said, I just don't understand how people can smoke because it tastes so bad and it smells so bad and it's cold outside and why would you do it? And we we're having this discussion and I was saying... I do get it that I, I wouldn't choose smoking and I've not chosen smoking as, as, a, as a coping mechanism, but I think it is a coping mechanism that people have chosen. It's not, it's maybe something they did because they thought they were cool at first and then over time it became this thing that makes people feel better. So they have a cigarette and they associate that with relaxing, taking time for themselves, getting that nicotine hit and feeling better. And we, we all, in my opinion, have some sort of vices, whether that be smoking, Or in my girlfriend's case, we're having this conversation. I said, look, these people are smoking. But I know you love to eat chocolate when you're not feeling good. So just think when that person you see smoking and you're judging them. um, And this isn't me being all righteous because I'll get on to what vices me and Ben have been dealing with in the past. But um, when you judge this person and say, oh, how could they be smoking? Look at that. That's just a very visual one. That's one you can see. And they're probably not proud of it but then other people might choose chocolate or biscuits or just food in general and it's really common like behind closed doors or maybe not even behind closed doors when you're feeling these these feelings of feeling down and doubtful about the future and anxious and depressed and frustrated or upset like these feelings that we all have it can lead to whatever coping mechanism you have and I know for me and Ben, one thing that we've battled a lot and lots of guys battle and do not talk about is, is porn. Like porn is a massive vice for men because people cannot see this is going on. Yet behind closed doors, it's something that men love to watch that makes them feel better temporarily. And it, Ben's laughing, but it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing and in a way as smoking, as eating biscuits, as watching TV, as drinking alcohol, as even sedating in sex or like spending money. I'm like, whatever it is it's your vice, we will have them. And unfortunately, the binge eating one is one that will then manifest itself on the outside more than some of these other ones. So, whilst smoking might cause damage on the inside and people can see it, people might not be able to see the binge eating, but when it's happening, but they can see the result of it and you can see the result of it. And What I actually was trying to get onto was what binge eating is, because I think we can often think, oh, well, that's not not my thing. And um, no, I don't do that. But really binge eating is just just described as episodes of uncontrollable eating. So if you're the kind of person who ever finds yourself in a situation where you're like, you've been overeating, you've not been feeling great, and you've bought a family-sized pack of Maltesers and jammed them down your throat and eating them all, watching TV. Um, bought a tub of ice cream and ate it all, ate a whole pizza, whatever it may be. If it wasn't something you consciously thought, I'm going to have this and I'm going to eat this for dinner. And instead it was just kind of like, you couldn't think of anything else and you just started having it because you weren't feeling great. That's probably some episode of binge eating. And I mean, as I said, everyone has their vices. So if you have that problem, it's very easy to uh, to mask it or to pretend it doesn't exist. But whilst that problem persists if you don't deal with it it's just going to keep coming back even if you follow a diet you might be able to have 90 days with no binge eating because you followed the diet and you have a goal and you've paid for it but it's just going to come back so ben what kind of ways would you say people could deal with or what what would you say people should do if they're if they're struggling with things like binge eating or self-sabotage it reminds
1: me of that um know yeah, that secret eaters show yeah, exactly. We have the people, and they are, I don't know how why why I'm losing why I'm not losing weight. I don't know why I'm overweight, and then they follow them around with cameras and find out that they've been sneaking, sneaking in buckets of KFC every night and stuff. Um, but yeah, all of these, all of these vices, whatever these things come down to, are essentially all the same. So it all comes down from the the brain kind of learns these these patterns. I'm not this this is gonna. <laughs> This, this uh, I'm not any kind of like neuroscientist or a psychologist or anything like this this is just like my own understanding of how this works so that's my disclaimer before <laughs> I don't take my advice as like medical advice here but the brain kind of tends to learn these patterns of things which make you feel good so whether that is having a beer I know that if I have a beer I'm going to feel pretty chilled out and like relaxed and um, feel pretty good after I have one beer that's going to be good um, having some nice food having some chocolate having some pizza having some wine going and watching some porn um, having sex going out and spending going on a spending spree shopping spree buying loads of stuff that, that you want um, watching TV so watching like Netflix watching a movie even anything like that all of these things playing video games that's another one that I definitely have uh, spent a lot too much time doing but all of these things they do make you feel good they are They are fun, they are good, we enjoy doing them. So the brain learns that when I do this, I get a good feeling out of it. But the problem comes when this becomes your only kind of coping mechanism, and it escalates to the point where it's it's a problem, and it's causing you problems in other areas of your life. So if every time you feel kind of tired, you feel stressed, you feel exhausted, you feel a little bit depressed, you feel down, if every time this happens, you are then going to whatever it is. So you then go you go out for a cigarette, you you binge on some chocolate, you have a drink, whatever it is, eventually when these, if you don't deal with the root cause and you've always got this, this deeper problem that you're always feeling stressed, you're always feeling bored, you're always feeling tired, whatever it is, if that deeper problem always exists, then you're always gonna to go to that coping mechanism and it's gonna to escalate to the point where it starts to affect your life. So for example, if your thing is that you like to go shopping, then and that's kind of your addiction, your coping mechanism, you can end up running up running massive credit card bills, going on all these shopping sprees and buying things that you can't afford, for example. Um, if your problem is alcohol, that one's quite obvious. you can you know as soon as you start drinking, you can have you can have a drink every week. If you let's say you have one beer a week, that's very, very different to having 10 beers every single day. Or a couple of glasses of, a couple of bottles of wine every single night, that is going to end up in a, a serious problem. You're going to do serious damage to your body. It's going to start affecting your relationships, your behaviour. You might stop turning up for work. Even if your problem is just watching Netflix, for example, if you get home every night and you then spend four hours watching, like binge watching Netflix on the sofa, especially if that binge watching of Netflix or TV or whatever it is is linked to eating snacks at the same time. If that's your thing, Netflix and snacks, then you're gonna end up, first of all, wasting a lot of time. You probably won't have it, you'll feel like you don't have enough time to exercise or to spend time with your family or anything like that. Or cooking. Or cooking, yeah, you'll just be like, and and you just get sucked into this, this spiral where you're not leaving any time to look after yourself and then starts negatively affecting other areas of your life. So the problem really comes from when you don't deal with whatever issues you have deep down and I think everybody has some some kind of issues going on in life just as a human being. We live in a very complicated and very difficult world which I think nobody is really equipped to to deal with. We're essentially really smart. This is going to get all like Darwinian now, but we're essentially like really clever Monkeys. Monkeys have a very simple life. They run around in the forest. They like pick berries off trees and eat flies off each other and stuff. Whereas we're in this world where we have like access to infinite amounts of information through the internet. We have all this TV going on. We have jobs to deal with. We have cars. We've just in a very short period of time, the world's got very very complicated, and it can be very stressful, very confusing. And I think, I think more people, more and more people than ever. I can't remember. I don't have the the proper statistics on this, but I remember someone telling me that I think more people are like suffering with mental illness these days than at any time previously. Just because yeah. we've got we've got so much going on, there's just so much information coming in all the time that it's it's it can be very stressful just living life because we I don't know all all of these things like if you're constantly on your phone, you're not making time for the things which are really fulfilling in life so for example going out for a walk in having like looking at nature is going to make you feel very very relaxed very chilled out very happy spending time with the people you love also is going to make you feel very very happy but scrolling through facebook on your phone and watching netflix temporarily you might feel good afterwards though all you're going to feel is that you wasted your time and the problem with all of these things porn smoking binge eating tv alcohol sex money is that During, like while you're doing them, they're great. But afterwards, if you've taken it too far, if you've taken it to the extreme, it might not necessarily make you feel great afterwards. Everything can be fine in moderation. Eating food is fine in moderation. Having sex is fine in moderation. Buying things is fine in moderation. But as soon as they start getting out of control, they can have a really negative impact on your life. Um,
0: Yeah, and my experience is just, you end up feeling, you know, you can feel those feelings when it's too much. Like, it's more a frequency thing in my opinion, like you're not going to cause yourself too much harm if you have a pizza once every couple of weeks or once a week, depends on what your goal is. But if you're having a takeaway like three or four, five nights a week, or you're drinking two glasses of wine every single night, or you're watching porn every single day, or you're smoking 20 cigarettes a day, then that's not just normal. That is a problem in my opinion. And therefore, if you don't deal with it, you're going to have this spiraling problem of feeling hollow and feeling guilty and feeling depressed and feeling low about yourself. And the more you do those things, the more empty you feel, I think. And yeah, and the, the telltale tell sign, I think,
1: on. as well, of of these things is when you start feeling uh, like ashamed of yourself. So... It's what in whatever of these situations, the way I always experience this is I start looking i sort of see myself from the outside and I'm just looking down on myself as if I'm like in the corner of the room, just thinking like you're you're pathetic right now, look at you, look at you sat there yeah with that, like you're just eating that giant pizza, look at you there like just watching porn, you're a disgusting horrible person, and you look at yourself like that <laughs>
0: like, the funny you, thing about that is then, then you think beers. then you're like I feel bad so. That's exactly. the thing I know to make myself feel better oh I'll watch more porn or I'll go and do that thing again I'll go and watch I'll watch another episode of Netflix like we're not good at dealing with this in my ex- experience usually yeah. we, we're we pretty bad at dealing with it and I mean I spoke to Angela Cox about this because she also said she realised literally only this year I think and she's turning 40 or just turned 40 that she's had like 25 years of a binge eating problem or eating distor- disorder mm. Because we don't want to admit that we have a problem because it's labeled as bad by society or whatever it may be. But the reality is, if if the problem's there, the first way to deal with it, in my opinion, is you've got to confront it and say, look, this is unacceptable. Rather than beating yourself up, because that doesn't achieve anything. Saying like Ben was saying, you do feel pathetic for doing it. You do feel disgusting. You do almost feel disgusted, like Ben said, seeing that third person view of yourself like you are, you are a horrible person, you're a mess, you're a state and you say like none of that's going to get you anywhere though. Instead, so instead you've got to say look this is actually a problem and what can I do and I know Ben and I have been on our own path to discovery for all kinds of different things that we want to become better at in life. Angela Cox said the same thing. She said the main thing that helped her um, was actually getting a therapist and seeking out therapy and I mean, Ben, you've had your own experience of therapy as well. I haven't been through that particular experience, but I've done lots of mindset-related courses and read lots of books, and it's a journey. But first of all, you've got to confront the problem and say this is a problem, and I'm going to I'm going to try and do something about it because if you don't if you don't deal with the root cause, this is what we're trying to get to here. First of all, saying there is a problem. That's not just I need a diet. There's actually something going on below this that I'm not I'm lacking in self-esteem and self-belief, and um, I'm lonely or whatever it may be and um, I'm dealing with doing this then I probably need help
1: yeah I would say that shift that Rob is talking about um, it's kind of going from being disgusted with yourself to being like disgusted with your own behaviour where you decide like what I'm doing now is unacceptable I can't, I cannot continue to live like this and then you go out and and then you have this point where you go out and seek help or whatever it, it was. So my thing was like I went and went and started seeing a therapist. Uh, I don't know. He, he 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 was. I didn't find that that was the solution for me necessarily. Um, but I think just the marking that that sort of marking the point of like oh yeah maybe I'm not actually uh, maybe everything's not going perfectly well in my life. Maybe there are things that I do want to change. Just kind of admitting that, as Rob was saying. It's like it's isn't that the first you know those alcoholics groups you see and I only see this in movies I've never been in that yeah and me uh, whatever, whatever group but they're always like my they always do that thing where they're like hi my name is Ben and I'm an alcoholic it's always the first step is admitting that you have the problem yeah Otherwise it's never you can't that bad
0: then yeah you've got to say there's a problem and then you can go about solving it and it's also important to realise that you're not permanently that thing like like Ben said. Ben is Ben, you know, obviously not an alcoholic, but alcohol- alcoholism is a habit. Ben is, I mean, alcohol is a difficult example because they do say you're an alcoholic for life. Let's say it's, um, let's say it's binge eating. Binge eating is a bad habit Ben might have, but Ben isn't permanently a binge eater. Or, or let's say Ben thinks he's lazy because we work with lots of clients who think they're lazy um, and they per- that's the way they are. It's no, you're you've got the habits of a lazy person. But you are not necessarily lazy, so you've do got to you gotta think, think of it that like that.
1: Just like, um, just like some people are predisposed to be like overweight or whatever with their genetics. I think some people are just predisposed to be really. Some people can just cope with life really well, and other people will not. Like the, there are people who have, uh, who tend to have more kind of addictive tendencies. Mm. But these things can also come with. I don't know. I I remember. Um, That can also be very positive, though, can't it? It can be good. Like you look at a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, for example, a lot of kind of creative people, like stand-up comedians, actors, musicians, whatever. A lot of those people also end up having, you know, they have drug problems, alcohol problems, all of that. Just kind of tends to come with it. So it's all of our brains are wired in a different way. So if you if you deal if you struggle with any of these issues, don't necessarily think. First of all, don't think like you're broken as a person uh and secondly it's like everybody struggles with something there's nobody who's who's completely just on the straight and narrow and perfect yeah I mean, there's, absolutely there's that old cliche of like uh the the priest who is like the holy man or whatever and then you then they find out later on he's been like abusing children and stuff it's all like you'll have those people who are on the outside they appear to have everything together but then they have this dark secret deep down that you'll never find out about but because you only see the outside of people it can be easy to walk around life thinking everybody else has it together and i'm the only person who who is struggling with this so i shouldn't be struggling with anything
0: yeah and the opposite is like that conversation i had with alex my girlfriend earlier of people seeing someone who's overweight and then saying that is a lazy person when in reality maybe they've just got this binge eating habit that they develop because they don't feel great about themselves. Whereas the person doing the judging, let's say it's me, might have a terrible porn addiction that you cannot see. So that person is just unlucky that their, their coping mechanism is um, is eating because it manifests itself on the outside. So if, if that's you and you're feeling like you must be lazy and everyone's thinking you're lazy and judging you, whether they are or whether they're not, it's not actually you, as Ben said. It's not you. You're not stuck like that forever. And you can do stuff about it. But you just got to understand that other people have vices too. You're not alone. You're not the only one. Just someone else might be, you might not be able to see it that their credit card bill is £20,000 and they'd have no way of paying it. Or that they watched 10 hours of Netflix last night. Or that they drank a whole bottle of wine last night. Not everything is visible, but. As me and Ben said, like, you are not alone. That's the key thing. That reminded me, Ben, of when we went to a Warrior Conference. Oh, we were shouting, you are not alone, yeah. You are not alone. (laughs) (laughs) We should probably explain that. I mean, there's not much to say there other than we were at a conference last year. And why were we having to do this? We had to shout, you are not alone.
1: Yeah, with a room full of 500 guys who were just all shouting. No, there was a guy on the stage, wasn't there? some guy was was on the stage he was struggling with something and we all shouting at him we were just shouting you are not alone and i was putting my american accent on because it was in america and everybody else was american
0: yeah and me (laughs) but the point is you're probably not alone if you're struggling so confront the problem and find a way to deal with it because whether that's going to be listening to podcasts reading books whether it's seeking out therapy you can get it through the nhs like Ben, ben found, um, yeah, or fruit, hiring a private it? therapist, whatever works best for you, um, if you do think you have those problems, they're not going to go away. If you just do mm-hmm. a diet, um, the diet doesn't tend to shift these things. Now, what, what we do, we do work on more of a lifestyle shift and a habit. And for example, I was interviewing someone today for our next Unstoppable event um, this summer. And she was saying she has tried every diet out there and she still hasn't been able to get over a binge eating problem um this is a shameless plug (laughs) but she said to me this morning she's like this is the first thing that's really the habit has actually stopped and i'm not saying it won't come back if she doesn't deal with the underlying problem which is what we're going to also try and do through unstoppable and she's going to try and do through other things as well um but if something isn't fixing the problem like a diet if it's not actually addressing your mindset what's going on in your head it's just saying like, here's something to eat or here's a meal plan to follow or count these points. If that's all it's doing, it's not going to be dealing with the, the actual mental struggles. I, I, I would never like to call these things mental issues, Ben. I don't know about you, but I just feel like the minute you put the word issues on it, everyone's like, ah, no, I don't have one of those. I don't have um, issues. I'm the same. <laughs> At least I used I to be. Like...
1: I've, I've kind of just accepted that I'm, I'm a, probably a bit of a crazy person,
0: but probably everybody in the world is as well. Definitely, but we don't want to admit it. At least, at least until you accept it about yourself, you don't accept it. Yeah, don't you realize you don't believe not, everyone else is?
1: It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like the way the way you are as a person. I want to, uh, at this point, ask you, Rob, mm. what what books and resources would you recommend for anyone who wants to start kind of looking at their mindset issues? Because it's not. It's this is not a quick fix. It's not simple. Um, but what would you recommend?
0: Okay, I've got a couple, and then I'm sure you'll have some to add. Yeah, I'll so answer. I think the first one I probably started with—I'm trying to think—I think this is the first one was called "Loving What What Is" um, by Byron Katie. Ben knows what that is. Some of our clients know what that is. We used to recommend our clients actually read that book um, or got the audiobook. The audiobook's actually better. So it's "Loving What Is" by Byron Katie, and she teaches this method called the Work, which is a way of questioning things about um, other people and about yourself. So judgments about other people, about yourself. Um, But ultimately to make you realize or not make you realize, but give you a better understanding that you don't just um, throw other people under the bus whenever anything's going wrong. And you kind of understand that whatever everyone else is doing, you also do in some way or form and it's not necessarily their fault. So that's a really good one. And But you can also use that technique to question things about yourself and honestly at the beginning I used to do I don't know what you found Ben because we still do this technique most days or or form of it I used to always be doing it on someone else so on my girlfriend or on Ben or on anyone else that's around me that was annoying me or on clients or on people who cut me up on the road I'd be judging them and going through this process to give me more understanding but now it's mostly about myself and my own beliefs about myself like I can't do it I'm not good enough um there's not enough time, I'm too tired to do this, all these kind of things that can stop me doing what I want to do. So the first book I'd recommend is that um, because it can help you question thoughts and thoughts then lead to feelings, which then lead to actions. So if you can start to question your thoughts, you always have the thoughts, then you can start to change the actions that come as a result of that. So if you'd usually self-sabotage, you might be able to cut that loop and stop, stop going around in that loop. Or if you usually go mad with someone berate them, maybe it's your kids, when you're stressed and tired, maybe you actually will gain more understanding of that. So that's the first one I'd recommend. Ben, I'll let you jump in with the second one. I'm going to recommend um,
1: Why Good People Do Bad Things by Debbie Ford. Um, This book's kind of I just found it is is very good kind of investigation into your own mind and your own behaviors and why those behaviors might crop up. So for example, if you are binge eating, smoking, whatever, whatever the, whatever vice you have, it will kind of help you to figure out what underlying causes have led to that thing in the first place. Um, so yeah, I found that very good for that. It's got a lot of exercises in it. Um, a lot of sort of sitting down and writing down and really getting introspective about yourself, but the whole kind of concept of the book is that everybody, every person, has the capacity to to do and feel everything. So where we might judge somebody else, like Rob was saying, you might judge someone. Oh, I can't, I can't figure out why they would, why would they smoke? I'd never smoke. I would never be a smoker. But really, you do have the capacity to um, to feel whatever emotions that they're feeling whatever behaviours that they're feeling. Um, And it kind of helps you realise that um, because you can feel all of these negative things or do all of these negative things, you're kind of linked to everybody else in the world and that we're all the same in the way that you're not not better than anybody else, but you're also not worse than anybody else. So, I don't know. This one sounds very airy-fairy the way I've explained it, but (laughs) if you actually read the book, it's a good book. Why Good People Do Bad Things by Debbie Ford. Um there was another one by Debbie Ford, what was that one called? The Dark Side the Dark of the Side. Light Chasers as well. I yeah. found that one less good. But why good people do bad things is my recommendation.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually reading that one now, so I haven't got far enough to to completely recommend it yet, but it's interesting so far. But I want to get to the exercises. I'm just a very slow reader so yeah I think that's enough for people to start with I know Angela Cox had a recommendation I think it was the five second rule Um, I can't remember the name of the lady I think it's Mel Robbins I think that's it Um, which is also another way to I think it's about, it sounds very simple it's one of these books where the title explains what it is about taking five seconds before you go ahead and give in to the vice so before you go ahead and have a drink or before you go ahead and eat the food or buy the food or spend all the money on the online shopping that you don't have, whatever it may be. So I think that one sounds great, but I haven't read it yet, so I can't properly recommend it. But I do want to read that one because that sounds very interesting. So that's kind of covered the second thing, which is like, if you're not already able to control your eating, it's probably or quite likely could be down to either knowledge or a binge eating, a self-sabotage problem. But there's also just an element of Never really, in my opinion, building a routine or having a proper structure to follow. So what can make it really difficult to live like a thin person is because they've got a routine that they have developed that is keeping them that way. So their routine might involve cooking a meal every night or batch cooking meals at the weekend so they can eat healthy all week, Or it might involve going to bed on time meaning they don't get crazy hunger cravings the next day because lack of sleep leads to that. Um, Or it means they can exercise in the morning because they go to bed early every night. And I really think this is underrated when it comes to to trying to live like a thin person. A lot of it is about building habits. And the difficult part with this is a lot of diets are not very long. So, and they don't really teach something that fits around your life. They teach something that's definitely not going to fit around your life long-term. So they never build a habit that you can keep going with. So what then happens is that you do something that's temporary and then the result's going to be temporary. And instead, what you're going to need to do is well, this is the way we do it. Me and Ben and Inside of Trinity is what we teach is you break your bad habits. So you have a cold um, a clean cut or clean start where you, you break your bad habits. We do a couple of weeks of that to help break those bad habits and just stop them in their tracks because moderation, as we've talked about before, is almost impossible if you've developed a lot of bad habits with eating. So you break those bad habits and then you start to create new ones bit by bit by bit. So don't try and create everything at once, another big problem that a lot of diets or plans do. They try and make you do everything from day one, which just sets everyone up to fail. And instead, just each week you start introducing a couple new things or one new thing then over a period of four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 24 weeks and a year, which is what we do with our clients who stay with us for that long, is we build these habits. And the key thing with habits is if you build a habit, this has been proven, it gets easier and easier and easier and easier and easier to actually do the thing that you were doing when it becomes a habit. And this can take between on average, 66 days, but up to a year or even two years for really complicated habits, which which eating well is not the most simple thing. There's a lot of elements to it from cooking, planning, um, buying the right foods, knowing what to eat, all these kind of things. So it's gonna take time, um, but if you wanna be like a thin person, you're gonna need to build the habits of someone who is a thin person. And how would you suggest they do that, Ben? How would you suggest they start? I've given a little overview. Um,
1: The easiest way to start building habits is to, well, be given a structure to follow, which has some some kind of scoring system so you can tick off, you know, did I do these things, yes or no? So you immediately become accountable for your actions and then add into that some external accountability so it's not just you who's who's monitoring your own score, your own progress, but there's somebody else there. So if you can have a coach that every week says, you know, did you do this with your nutrition? Did you do your workouts? Did you do whatever mindset habits you're trying to build? Yes or no? And you're having to be accountable to them. At first, that can really, really help you to have to stay on track. So I'd say I really started building habits. Um, Rob was talking about the guy, Garrett J. White, before. Uh, there's a, a program that me and Rob both joined called Wake Up uh, Warrior. It's called the Black Box Brotherhood, which sounds a little bit cultish it probably is but it works so I don't care but um, yeah one of the things with that was a a routine in the morning which is called core 4 which is um, a number of different habits which you which you do every single day it's like a a one to two hour long routine of habits you build these habits and they just had us do these habits tick these things off every single day and we had to track it in a a software system to keep ourselves accountable Um, for that, what I'm noticing at the moment though I am currently in in Canada visiting a friend doing some skiing is because I'm out of my normal environment, I don't have my blender for example, which is a this is a big one for me every day for the last probably two years I've been having a green smoothie every single morning here I think there is the blender here, but it's not my blender just I've just just that little tweak out of my routine from normal means I haven't been having those green smoothies every single day. My sleep pattern has been different just because um, everybody in this house has different routines and different patterns. It's hard to get into my regular sleep pattern. My eating habits have been different. My exercise habits have been different. I've been snowboarding instead of my usual jujitsu or weights. Everything's kind of a little bit different from the normal. But what I'm noticing is because I've sp- spent so much time building those habits up, I'm kind of craving to go back to my, my previous habits. So rather than rather than like the habits are a struggle to keep up with, it's more like not being in the habit is a struggle to keep up with. So I want to go back to having my green smoothie every day and waking up and doing meditation and doing all this journaling and stuff that I would normally do, which is not, it's just not happening because my routine is not, it's not what it normally is. So as Rob said, the habits get easier over time. If you're just getting into building habits, I'd recommend you get some kind of accountability and just a plan to follow just a framework to follow which which you can tick off every single day and say did you succeed with these habits or did you not succeed with these habits and then it's just a case of sticking to those habits for long enough that they become your almost your new way of operating so if your current way of operating is to eat junk food to watch loads of TV to drink every weekend um, then you will transform that that way of operating into that you wake up every morning you have a healthy smoothie you do a workout you do some mindset work You track your calories, they'll become your new habits and your new way of living. But only if you can stick to them for a long enough
0: period of time to make that the way that you live. Yeah. And I even think having like this might be something you're lacking now is having like a community of other people or other people doing the same thing as you that you can talk to when things are not working so well. So definitely, I mean, Ben's done this for a long time now, but when we started and when we were paying a coach to teach us these habits or give us a structure to follow that had worked for them and that now we both do and i've done for the last two years we had a group of other guys um in a private group that we could talk to and say like look this bit isn't working for me or i don't understand this um or i keep messing up with this habit that i'm trying to do let's say it's meditation i just keep skipping it and then you can have a discussion with other people and understand how they're doing it or how it's benefited them and then you can think okay maybe i will do that just trying to shift things like this on your own it's it's possible but it's very rare it succeeds in in my experience like in my whole life everyone i've met i've barely met anyone who's done it without some guidance who, from someone else at all who knows how to do it on your own it's a it's difficult very very difficult and if you've if you've already got a lot of habits that are not serving you then i really suggest you do need some some guidance and i'm not just saying that just so you work with us I just know from my experience, when I don't have the accountability, when I don't have the structure to follow, it's very rare that I actually will change anything. And I'm someone who's kind of typically motivated and whatever people say, I'm determined and motivated (laughs) amongst other things, like very stubborn. And um, therefore, if you're someone who doesn't feel motivated often and kind of lazy or struggles, then I would suggest you get something that's going to give you the accountability and structure to follow. So that's how to shift habits. That is the way to do it. And then last but not least, there's also a case of priorities. When it comes to adjusting your mindset to that of a thin person, a big piece of this is actually just your priorities. Like in your life, how big a priority is being healthy, is being fit, is feeling good, and is actually developing these habits. Because I mean, we get a whole range of people who who work with us. And for the most part, they're fantastic. They're really determined, or um, they might not be. They might honestly might be terrified at the start, but they just start and try. And then every, every, every so often, like maybe once every six months, we get someone to sign up who, in my opinion, has a uh, priority issue. So what I mean by that is they sign up and then we'll get an email through saying, oh, I've signed up and um, I've logged into the website and I've seen that I've got to watch half an hour of videos to get started. Like half an hour in their entire, like they usually will have a week or more to start. Half an hour to shift everything about their life. And they've put in their questionnaire or they've put in their email before they joined, um, Like I feel terrible. Like I just can't get my weight under control and it's making me feel down and depressed and it's challenging my relationship with my other half. I just don't feel like me anymore. And my food choices are out of control and my weight's been creeping up and up and up over the last few years. And I feel like it's never gonna work. I'm never gonna lose the weight. And like, great, we can help. Here's how we can help. If you want to join us, here you go. They join us and then we get this email. Every six months or so, someone does this. And we do get hundreds of people joining, so luckily it's not loads, but they will say, it's this, this, just, oh, it's too many videos, too much to watch. And in my opinion, that's a problem with priorities because it's highly unlikely this person hasn't, in that week, maybe watched a bit of TV, or maybe in that week, gone out for dinner, or maybe in that week, um, scrolled through Facebook. I know I try my best to avoid social media, and I probably still waste hours on Instagram and Facebook because it's so addictive. And I've had to put in loads of of, uh, blocks so I don't do that. So, like, we all have the same time. We all have the same 24 hours a day. Now, if you've got kids and things like that, there's going to be some blocks of that which are going to be trickier to to manage because you're going to have people taking up your time. But even then, we've worked with busy mums. We've got busy single mums who are going through a divorce, got three or four kids to manage, and they're still managing to stick to what we do and watch half an hour videos in a week and that's the maximum people really get so it's not really I don't buy the excuse that there's too much of too much time to watch the videos really the issue is that they are not prepared to do what it takes to change and Ben where do you reckon this comes from I reckon it comes from playing down the problem but I don't know what you think
1: um, I like think, why might why would depends. someone not depends be the, to the reason? are saying you don't have time. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, for example, I um sat in a laundry closet right now, a laundry room. Recording a podcast, I could easily have said that I can't do the podcast this week because I'm ill. I didn't get much sleep last night. Um, I'm not in my normal house environment. I don't want to cause a disturbance in the people's house that I'm staying with by recording a podcast. There was tons of excuses, but I just decided- And what time did was, you start as well? I started doing this podcast at eight this morning, uh, but I just decided the podcast is important to me, so I'm going to do it, basically. it was I put it as my number one priority for the day, set my alarm, woke up, and just did it. But for me, that, that decision came from just deciding that I, I'm important. And all the things I want to do are important. This podcast is important for me, and and that's it. So there's with priorities. It's kind of number one is like putting yourself first. So deciding that you're gonna take this time for yourself to do this thing for you. So with the videos, if it's like I don't have time because I have to, I have to do X Y Z. I have to cook my husband's dinner or whatever. Just you can make the decision if you want to just prioritize your own your own thing. You can just say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes watching these videos. Someone else is to have it. Maybe someone comes in demanding some time from you. They're, can you do this? You just say, no, I'm busy. I'm doing this now. This is for me. So I don't find this very difficult. I think I'm quite a selfish person uh, inherently, but I know a lot of people, are, they're very generous, very loving, kind, nice people. And I'll always put other people first instead of themselves. And the problem with that is it's like um, that that thing with the the plane and the oxygen mask, if, you've, if you're always trying to put everybody else's oxygen, oxygen masks on and save them from things, then eventually you're gonna die. And if you die, metaphorically speaking, <laughs> then you're not gonna be able to help anybody. You're not gonna be any use to anybody else. So there's definitely times when you've just gotta put yourself first, learn to say no to other people, learn to say no to all of these other demands on your time and your energy, and just decide that what you want is important. And what Rob was saying about downplaying the problem, this kind of comes into it. Because the only the only way you're gonna decide that it's important enough for you to take these actions is if you get really, really honest about the problems that you're facing and how those problems affect your life. So as soon as this is one of the things we get our clients to do. We get them to sit down and we get them to look at where they are now, where they want to be. Um, what's stopping them from getting from where they are now to what they want to be, where they they want to be and then why it's important to them that they get from where they are now to the result that they want how it affects their relationships how it affects their job, how it affects their happiness and as soon as they realise all of those things it becomes much much easier to prioritise yourself and to prioritise the things you need to do whether that's doing workouts watching some videos, spending some time tracking your meals um, putting in all the all the calories for a meal that you're cooking for your family maybe sacrificing some of the foods that you have in your home usually um, it becomes much much easier to prioritise these things when you understand the true impacts that you're that not doing
0: them would have on your life well said I couldn't have said it any better I was listening along to being like yep that's what I would have said so I can't really add to that you've got to make it a priority like the thin people or the people who are staying thin and making it priority probably for different reasons like they know it makes them feel good to eat well and exercise whereas for someone who's out of shape you've got to start the habits by making by making those things a priority and i think the oxygen mask scenario is a great one and when ben says dies what he really means is like you may actually literally die like if you get really (laughs) really out of shape and have a heart attack or diabetes or something like this but more likely you're just going to sacrifice yourself and we work with so many busy mums who are so loving and so caring but in the process they have sacrificed themselves because they're giving so much to everyone else there's nothing left for themselves and if that's you listening then I think the the number one thing you can do from today's podcast if you're still on it if you're still here you obviously are a bit interested you are a bit committed is just to write down the answers to those questions like where am I now so what's your weight? What you look like in the mirror you could look at yourself in the mirror in your underwear not in clothes because that's hiding it where am i now what's my dress size how fit am i out of ten write all those things down and then you can write down what is the impact of this having on my life so on my kids am i being the role model i want to be to my kids on my family on my relationship with my other half on my sex life on my work life on my social life is it making me want to go out or is it making me want to hide away at home and not, not go out because I'm scared I'll eat something that I shouldn't or drink something I shouldn't or what people are think of me? Is it stopping me pushing myself at work because I don't feel good enough or I feel like everyone is judging me? And write down all these things, like write pages if you need to. And it sounds like I more often than not, I listen to podcasts and they say do this and I don't. Um, so I'm a hypocrite here. But... <laughs> I know from the fact when I do write these things down, I've been to events and they've forced me to write these things down. It could sometimes just flick that switch and just ignite that flame and says, okay, I'm going to start prioritizing me. I'm going to start prioritizing this thing. Almost had one of my slip-ups and I'm going to make this happen. So write down the impact and then write down where you want to go and what's in the way of you getting to where you want to go. And if you write all those things down, that could just start the process. Because ultimately I think you do want to end up with the mindset of the thin person but to get there you're going to have to actually give yourself the kick up the bum you need to get there by facing up to the problem and saying this isn't good enough this isn't working prioritizing everyone else or not prioritizing my health and fitness and if I don't do anything about it then I'm only going to get worse I'm only going to get less happy what's that phrase ben if the pain of the pain of staying the same Okay. Only thinking,
1: so of, uh, uh, yeah. no, it's only when no. the pain of Change Yeah It's only when the pain of When the pain of staying the same Becomes greater than the pain to change Then the change will happen Yep Maybe explain you, that slightly more easily. If you points. want two resources to help with this I don't know why I said resources in such a strange way <laughs> American. Resources Um to help with this, the first one I'd recommend is go and listen to episode number one of this podcast, which we go through this whole this whole process of like setting out, going through where you are now, what the goals you want to achieve, why that's important to you, all of that. We went through the whole process in detail in that first podcast episode. And secondly, if you want to kind of write the answers to this question, if you want a form which you can do that very easily, and then you want add personal feedback on it, you, we have a motivation assessment you can complete at trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash assessment. You're gonna to have to spell assessment yourself. Uh, I struggle with that one because it's got a lot of S's and it's just got a lot of S's in it, hasn't it? An M, no. It's just S's.
0: Assessor, that's
1: it. Yeah, I can't anyway, speak in adult letters. trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash assessment. And that's, it's basically just a form which will allow you to get really honest about all of this stuff, where you are now, how it impacts your life etc and as Rob said that could just kickstart your 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 change from where you are now to building those healthy habits and becoming the person that you want to be
0: yep and as a bonus we also reply to every one of those with our tips and guidance so go ahead I would recommend to go ahead and do that now so that has basically covered it that has basically covered how to adjust your mindset but also how to just adjust your reality to that of a thin person so if you want to do that Now, hopefully, you're a little bit wiser, a little bit clearer on how to do that. But as Ben said, the best best things to do, go ahead and listen to podcast number one. Secondly, go ahead and fill in the assessment at trinitytransformation.co.uk forward slash assessment. So that brings us to the end of today's motivation method podcast. But before you go, we have some important announcements. Piece one is if you're not currently subscribed on iTunes to the motivation method podcast, get yourself subscribed today. Number two, if you're not currently getting
1: access to the daily motivation emails and action guides found at trinitytransformation.co.uk, head
0: on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk and get that done today and we'll start sending those your way. The final piece of this is our motivation masterclass challenges. If you're ready to finally unleash your inner motivation and willpower with a customized action plan and your own personal coach and the support of our Trinity tribe, head on over to trinitytransformation.co.uk today and sign up for our motivation masterclass and we'll get you started right away.
1: And last but not least, if you're listening to this show and you're getting value from it, number one, do the things that we talk about here. And number two, you don't pay us to do this. So instead, all we ask of you is to simply share this show with one person who you think it could help today.
0: So this is Rob Burkhead.
1: And this is Ben Hughes. And this has been the Motivation Method Podcast. See you on the next one.